Hey everyone, Alexis here and today I'm speaking with Robin and Anika and we are going to be discussing sexuality, disabilities and discrimination. Thank you so much for joining me guys. Um, if you wanted to start by sharing a little bit about yourselves. Yeah, um, I'm Robin, you know that. <laughs> uh, I, I came out of the closet, um, I came out of the closet at, um, at 13 and no one believed me. Um, including my, the lesbian couple friends of my mom who didn't believe me when I told them and they were the single people I believe who believed me. Uh, and then I, it just never changed from there. I mean, everyone around me was kind of questioning and then, and then I never did that. I was just kind of like gay the whole time, yeah. um, which is something that's cool for straight people, but apparently not cool for gay people because a lot of people had issues with that. Um, at the moment, I'm just like a waitress, and I study psychology, and um, I, we live together, Annika and I live together in Leaderville. Um, right. You spent too much money on food. <laughs> <laughs> right on the main strip. Fabulous. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, I don't know. Is there anything? Yeah, there's, you got nothing else, babe. <laughs> All right, go ahead, babe. Um, yeah. Especially the fact that, like, you never had any relations with a man. I feel like a lot of people don't consider you a fully formed human being because yeah, right. you never had dick. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> people calling me a virgin. And I'm like, um. <laughs> what? Excuse me. No. Okay. You don't believe yeah, no. That? No, really. People, all the time. People will openly tell Robin that she is a virgin because she has never had penis. Oh, I'm my. Just like, okay. I've been in. Two long-term relationships at this point, but you can have your belief. Um, Annika. Uh, I'm Annika Bott. That's uh, my I. Robin grew up in LA, and oh, I. Yeah, grew, that's yeah you, <laughs> Robin grew up in LA, and I grew up in Alabama for a small period of time. Oh, cool. Um, so we have this weird cosmic thought that we both came to Perth um, during the same period, and I don't know. If you want to get into that shit, we enjoy that romanticism. Yeah. Um, I was born with a disability called proximal femoral focal deficiency, which is a very, very rare limb deformity where um, one of my legs is 54% shorter than the other one and my hip isn't fully formed. And because of this, I use a prosthetic um, leg mm-hmm. that as a child I made an executive decision that I don't want a prosthetic leg that looks like a um, – able-bodied human leg I wanted as like out there and cyborgy as possible and <laughs> functional because I don't care about the looks of it yeah so that's that's been a fun journey of the dazzling prosthetics through my entire childhood <laughs> I use a chair sometimes um just in terms of long distance and pain levels and I use a crutch as well on a daily basis because my balance isn't that great mm. um and I think because of this because I have a disability that is less understood i i'm not an amputee but i use a prosthetic leg people only really have one association with prosthetics but a lot of people are born with limb deformities and use prosthetic aids via an extra couple inches on their shoe mm. is a prosthetic. so i think people get very confused at what i am and i consider myself as a gray area of disability because my accessibility needs are higher and more than someone who has experienced limb loss, but I'm not at the same level where I need 
um, help dressing or showering or things like that. Yeah. So yeah. I, it's it's a very weird experience because people at first glance have no idea how to visually comprehend my disability and have never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I personally get a lot more interactions with the general public and ableism on a very day-to-day basis that like I explain people ask me what's wrong with you or what happened to you almost every single not almost every single day if I go out of public times a day yeah so leave the apartment (laughs) you will be asked yeah Yeah. at the same time I think that's given me a massive boost in confidence Mm. but I think people can only understand like one complex thing about me that is disability and then like bringing I I have a similar experience of coming out to Robin is that I came out at a very young age and my parents who are mildly homophobic but not like terrible but like sort of my dad thinks that we should have a threesome with a man to get pregnant so that's like where they are like a reasonable (laughs) they only stopped calling me her friend like four months ago and we've been dating for over a a year and a half at this point oh yeah my so gosh. Like, they're getting there. but <laughs> in terms of like homophobia and parents they're not that terrible like i don't know i don't know why i'm excusing them um but they very similar to robin said no you're not gay no we don't believe it mm-hmm. um and i sort of that as a well fuck it um and continued to be very gay but i never brought anyone home or talked about it or felt that I had to explain it to someone because I already explained so much. So yeah. I just sort of dragged my dad to his first pride and he just dealt with that <laughs> in the way that he did. And now he comes back to pride every year. So that's fabulous. Good for him. Yeah. Um, but I, unlike Robin, I find myself sexually attracted to men. Okay. Where I'm romantically in any way to a point where I definitely view it to some degree that I have very little understanding or respect for men in terms of their attraction it's a hard thing to explain but I Hmm. without sounding offensive but also sounding offensive I don't fully consider them human (laughs) fully fully formed like brains or humans so it's like (laughs) I have sex with them it's for me it's not for them yeah yeah Um, but that is actually like what I wanted to point touch on is like trauma and disability and consent yeah is um because of my experience as a female and as a disabled female I felt myself being so sexually unattractive and no one would want me and none of these things that and also I was diagnosed with bipolar when I was 17 I think so yeah. I experienced manic episodes where I would put myself in situations with men that in, in hindsight were dangerous and some that the layers of consent were getting blurry. And I fully attribute this to having no form of validation as a sexual being, as mm. a disabled person, unless I was leaving exams to go fuck people or stuff like that yeah so I had to be as and I've also heard of some of my peers who are autistic or experience a more accessible needs in the bedroom being taken advantage of in those situations and because understanding around consent especially with autism isn't 
thought of and isn't considered. So a lot of my peers who are female have been put in sexually dangerous situations due to being female and being disabled. Yeah. And that's something that I definitely related with. And I feel that I've never had a relationship with a man, but I've had relationships with women. Mm. Um, yep. So probably just I, doing that. I definitely <laughs> identify as queer because yeah. it's an umbrella term. If you wanted to get specific, I'd be, what am I? I'd be, uh, you would be a, a homo romantic bisexual. No, I'm not bi. I'm also attracted to non-binary. So I would be pan. Okay. So you'd be a homo romantic, homo romantic pansexual, pansexual, but that's far too much. So I much prefer <laughs> being just considered as a queer human being because I don't feel that I owe an explanation and, I just have a sense of general political gayness in a weird way. Mm. <laughs> it, I don't know. It's a strange term, but because, like, I will go into spaces and be very loudly lesbian, even though You're not I'm not. I'm just... You just want to make a point. Yeah, I, half my existence is to make a point. I love that. <laughs> that's very... I definitely identify with being queer much more than lesbian. Um I work at Good Sammy's. It's a great experience. I used to play wheelchair basketball. Cool. Um, to Australian level, but mental health definitely got in the health of the, um, that. I used to be a busker. Um, for a long time. For a, a long time, I was a busker. A very talented musician. Uh, I've travelled around Australia with my parents. Uh, and, yep, that's, that's, I don't know, gives you a general idea of being ish. You've done a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of places. I love it. Fabulous. Be really interesting is like the intersection of um, disability and being, and yeah, and being and sex and being gay. So something that we talk about a lot in our relationship is the fact that people are usually surprised that Annika first has a sexuality, and then like second that that sexuality has the possibility of being gay, right? Yeah. So disabled are so I shouldn't really be, be, be speaking for her. I'm sure she'll have a lot to say but um disabled people are so um infantilized is the word that you're looking for yeah so that in we it's often referred to in the disabled community that as a disabled person you're either fetishized mm-hmm. or infantilized which means you're treated as a child with the naivety of a child and the aspect and the look on look of life yeah as if you were a child yeah um we actually had a situation recently because in some spaces because robin is never considered as my partner yeah especially as never usually considered that i'm her support worker most of the time she we actually had something recently where a man um robin accidentally forgot her credit card and i was waiting for her near an entrance of a supermarket somewhere Mm. and a man came to me and was like are you okay do you need help oh okay you're here with someone oh good oh good and he like walked off and like I understand that his perspective is that oh a lost little disabled person I can help but yeah I can't help but feel offended by that interaction even though that I know it comes from an innocent and ignorant place yeah this is the thing that I get most upset at and disabled people are never considered as sexy either we're never shown disabled people in a sexual way whatsoever yeah in lingerie in I don't know with a strap on on or especially um sex 
what sex tools, sex toys, that's the word. <laughs> sex toys are fantastic for accessibility in the yeah. bedroom. Yeah. Um, and it's not considered in that regard. And it's definitely something that affects us a lot and upsets us because we do have to establish a lot that we are a couple that are intimate and serious because yeah. people don't take us seriously. Yeah, I find myself like every time I'm like, I show up at a party with, you know, people I knew from high school or, or new people or whatever, yeah. I always find myself like going above and beyond to try to prove to everyone that we are together and we have been together for a while and we are in a serious relationship and it's so ridiculous, you know, yeah. it's like I put so much effort into that, um, that, I, that I feel like heterosexual couples don't have to. Mm. Yeah. So I guess a big question as well is what kind of change would you like to see and how can people be an ally? Mm, that's a really good question. Wow. Never assume the relationship between two people. Yeah. Um, in a public setting. I mean, and, and this kind of goes for, this goes for a lot of situations. I mean, I've been mistaken for my brother's girlfriend. That's always awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> We're mistaken for sisters. I'm I'm mistaken for her support worker. I, guess, I just yeah. I feel like in public situations, like treating two people as if they are a couple, or treating two people as if they have a particular kind of relationship when you don't know that for sure, mm-hmm. is something that's frustrating even outside of yeah. being queer and being in an interviewed relationship. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And understanding that queer doesn't have to look a certain way. So we used to have a very masculine, non-binary roommate. And whenever we went out, because I'm much more feminine presenting with mm. pink hair and dresses, floral and all of that shit, um, we would always be assumed as a couple because mask them, mask them. The uh, queer relationships come in so many different shapes and forms and sizes. Yeah. And assuming that it's mask them has such like a, a stink of like too much heteronormative bullshit straight mm. shit mm. that you're like trying not to be part of yeah it was like we'd both be in dresses and people would assume that it was like her and our very butch friend you know and it was just always like okay yeah can we start making a sense about who's dating who please <laughs> i mean because it's really none of their business anyway you know yeah exactly it's not your if you're a server if you're a person in the street it is not your business speaking of that on disability i hope you don't mind that i bring this up but you have an experience of it's called lived experience disability yeah i watch you go through it every day um that we were out we were about to get milkshakes um her sister (laughs) i'm so mad about this her sister um works uh like down the road from us so we were gonna go get some some half off milkshakes and this guy literally (laughs) literally stopped her Annika in while she was walking in and told her that he was proud of her for trying and oh my gosh look at you out there you're well done on having a go was his other words like (sighs) and it's she gets that all the time and people think that it's positive people think that they're like yeah you go girl especially like when she's clubbing or she's mm, dancing that's definitely and people are like, an experience oh my god go up queen and it's like look i get that you're trying to be inclusive and you're mm. trying to um you know make someone feel good about themselves or whatever but all it does is bring attention to the fact that you think that disabled people are weren't able to do that in the first place that i wasn't able to go and get ice cream for my sister who who i've been abusing the fact that she works at this <laughs> ice cream parlor so honestly he should have been like hey this is your third time today stop yeah. it 
the assumption that the assumption that you know it's an effort to go yeah. and get a milkshake or you know a huge effort to to go to the to the club <laughs> and get a drink with friends mm. it's like that's that's something every other 20 year old does yeah. on the planet and yes. yet you're being congratulated for it also the assumption that um because because i am someone with a physical disability that robin cares for me yeah mm. like i i probably you probably already mentioned support worker but it's more also the homely thing yeah is very much i i do the mass majority of the cooking i do mass majority of like organizing the household and stuff like that and yeah, she I'm, basically just orders me around and asks yeah. me to, like, clean things. It's <laughs> she does everything else. <laughs> but, like, people, I, I've i had some people be intimate and ask me, like, well, what's the showering situation or stuff like that? And I mm. I don't know. I, it's invasive. It's unnecessary. I, but I understand the curiosity. But I also don't know if they're coming from a place of sexualizing us because we're two little females or coming from a place of, well, like, does she lift you into the shower? Stuff like that. Yeah. Which I don't case, know. Why is it your business? Exactly. Exactly. What do you care what we do in the confines of our apartment? We both care for each other in different ways and help each other in different ways. Yeah. So also, the idea that our relationship is lopsided because I mm. take care of you in some way, like, it, it's not like you you do a lot for me and I do a lot for you just like in any other relationship yeah yeah definitely Um, other ways people can be allies um so yeah just minding your business and not making comments on what you perceive someone's relationship to be or what you um perceive someone's support needs to be or you know just minding your business in public and letting people do what they're going to do yeah, and understanding um, that gayness or queerness or however you personally phrase it, LGBTness is is not black and white. Yeah, it's not always the the butch and the femme, or <laughs> they're definitely a lesbian, or they're definitely this. Like, pe- there is very much attraction to non-binary people that exists and is not considered intersexuality often. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, the, like, the binary and the heteronormative approach to it feels so contradictory to what queerness is and the lived experience of many queer people. It's, it's I, really tough. Our relationship, just because of both of our things, mm. is because of how other people can see it. It's not even us. No, our relationship is fine. It's just other people's reactions to our relationship is just a, a constant difficulty yeah. and if people could just stop having reactions yeah that would be awesome when you're in a like a negative mental space having some of those really invasive really honestly rude questions and at least for me definitely send me something being like self-esteem <laughs> when you're at the party and like four people are like are you guys a couple and i was just like can you not and then I stood next to a butch for like five minutes and I was like, oh, that was mistake. And then people just started assuming that they were together and it was Didn't like, even oh, know. Yeah. Stop assuming things about people. We're asking invasive questions about people. Just let people be people and do their thing and only ask them if it's relevant. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Robin and Anika. I really appreciate it. And thank you to all that listened.